0: Welcome to Bruins Source. This is Isaiah. This is Ed. And we are recording here on Sunday, January fifth, two thousand twenty. Brand new decade.
1: Brand new decade.
0: Hopefully, brand new Bruins, or men's
1: Bruins. <laughs> I don't know about that yet.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Dan is still our uh, our AD, so until then, our calendar hasn't changed.
1: Yeah, we're gonna have to like set a new benchmark. It's gonna like before Dan and after Dan, BD and AD.
0: Yeah, I like that. <laughs> we're BD right now, and yeah. um and and yeah, and our sports culture on the men's side continues to 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 perform that way. Um, we're we're speaking now on the eve. Last night, uh, we were watching a game. Uh, on a tough road game against Wazoo. Well, it wasn't supposed to be too tough. After we're up by what I remember, we're up by eleven, twelve, eleven, or yeah, eleven at one point. And, um, yeah, it's just it's tough with this team. I know you've done uh, you do a lot of the takeaways. Just to be clear for our listeners, for you, one listener probably uh one of the Virginia <laughs> dad. <laughs> For that, Zed does a lot of the great takeaways, and then I come in and fuck everything up by putting all-decade teams without his approval and uh, stirring a little bit of shit. I kind of like that. I can see why people troll. That was my first like unintentional troll that I did. But, but yeah, so what's your takeaway from this game? You
1: yeah, haven't done them for this game yet, mostly because I was watching it on a phone in a car. Um... It's, you know, the, t- the, the takeaways kind of are, I, I think we need more, um, you know, Sharif O'Neal, Singleton, uh, Kyman, a lot less Ali. I've probably ranted about this for years now. I do not like Prince Ali as a, as a basketball player, period. He is now, I believe, a fifth-year senior. He has not shown any sort of improvement and giving him significant minutes at this point just does not seem to make any sense to me. Um, and so I think, you know, and and then along with him, you know, someone like Cody Riley, who really has not shown that he's been playing, you know, he hasn't really shown that he deserves the minutes he's been getting. Um, and so I, I would taper their minutes, put in some of these young guys who, you know, haven't had that taint of the Alfred era on them as much as... Um, any of these guys these younger kids do so i think we'll be much better off if we can get some of these younger guys more more pt um and you know when when they have gotten pt they've responded and played well and you know done good things um and so i think that's kind of my first takeaway we still are having like these weird lapses in defensive effort um
0: Yeah, like even the the last shot, I just, right and and Zed, you've watched more, you know, UCLA men's basketball. Obviously, me being on the East Coast and being away from the holidays, uh, it's been tough for me to watch even weekday games. But that last shot, I was like, Jules, you're supposed, it's clear that he was running around and then, you know, weak side dribble and then to, to drop it off to the three. And it just, it was such a late Uh, a late contestant it was a clear clearly gonna go in well if of course if he made it but it was a clear good good enough shot that wazoo wouldn't have had like you said these mental laps that the team has
1: and it's and it's always at like the biggest point of the game right like you're up three with what 18 seconds or whatever it was and all you have to do is chase the three them off the three-point line give up the two as long as you don't foul that's fine but you just one thing you cannot do is let them hit a th- open three pointer and and for that you know corner three to be wide open like that is just so incredibly frustrating um and again I, I we've talked about this before i think it's a culture thing right it's you know and and a system thing these kids still are not used to playing in the system and so and you especially see it with the kids who you know, came in as Alfred recruits and played in the Alfred system. They played in a Um, zone
0: too. It wasn't even man to man. It was mostly zone.
1: And and that's that's that is on Mick. Um there's a couple of things I I will you know, I do still believe in him as a coach, but there's some things in terms of, you know, the defensive kind of lineup, some schemes he sometimes puts in there at times just don't make sense. And then some of his rotations I still think need to be refined and worked on and he needs to figure that out quickly um kind of going back to the first point I was talking about the which who who needs more PT and who doesn't um so yeah it, it you know this was a game that was very winnable I thought we were you know again like you said we were up 11 at one point we were leading for much of the game and then we just yeah we couldn't we couldn't close it out and that's the frustrating part and even that like out of the call timeout that play that we tried to run with Chris Smith um like just you know him getting double teamed and losing the ball I just it didn't look like it was a set play called there I I know I think Mick Cronin at the um, press conference after the game talked about how he wanted Chris Smith to go out one of the defenders who had five fouls um or four fouls, you know, to get him get him out of the game, but it just, you know, didn't make any sense to do that when we just needed to get a bucket. Like who cares about the fouls?
0: I, I think for that I was a little puzzled because I thought the ball eventually was gonna end up with Chris Smith, but I didn't think he needed the ball out of bounds. I thought it would have been with Tiger and they would have looked for a setup play for Chris to get the ball, maybe at the elbow. And you know, and that's where he was. He was having a great. He had over overall. Besides that last play, he had a pretty good game. Um, like one of his his second best game after Washington, and um, but I just think it was kind of a a very simple. Uh, Chris Smith has a hot hand. Um, he's been able to drive on you know this guy, but in this t- game time situation, they're gonna double especially him you know and he, and and them looking to to stop the play like it it really wasn't just to have him so far away from from the rim was and starting with the ball was a little you know I we expect Mick to learn from that but it was a little puzzling I think most of us fans was we weren't really upset with the play call but we were just like uh not with this team you know in the sense of they still don't have the synergy um to for these game time situations I think was this our yeah. first OT? Correct me if I'm wrong, of the season.
1: Um, I believe so. I don't remember there being any OTs, but I don't quote me on that.
0: No, yeah, I believe so as well. Yeah, it was so in that situation where you know Wazoo has rallied um, in the in the middle of the second half, and they were you could tell just the way they were playing was like all effort because Wazoo wanted to win. Um, And at UCLA, it goes through these, not even mental laps as well, like the short term, but it, it feels there is this attitude about the team. And, and I, I mean, clearly the entitlement is there, but there's this type of just this mindset of like when runs happen against them, they just sort of just collapse. Like it's not supposed to happen. They have to understand that's part of the game. And, like, the better, you know, and if they're able to hold that off, they did against, I mean, somewhat against Washington battle back, right? Am I right? On the, yeah. yeah, but they were able to, to get away with Kaiman's, you know, seventh three, which is just, you know, ridiculous that he hit that many threes, but they really have to hold off and especially against teams that are less talented like Washington State. Washington has some talent, right? So they felt like they're yeah, playing they're they playing with the competition but Washington State, you know, making a run. I feel I don't know and not correct me if you might not feel this way but I'm always like, ah, uh, these guys are like we shouldn't be letting them get up and then they get into their heads like and they just kind of just go into these mental laps like why are we in this situation? And yeah,
1: they they always to kind of go along with that, they always seem to play down to the competition too, right? It's like, you know, you play against Washington who has legit NBA-type bodies and talent, and then, you know, they play up to that and they beat them, and then they play Wazoo who really doesn't have that kind of talent. They just have a bunch of, like, hard-working, scrappy kind of guys. And then they they play down to that talent and then, you know, lose the game. It just it's so frustrating, and that's been something that, you know, has been an issue for UCLA for, like,
0: a, a it feels like for time. a
1: lifetime now, right? Yeah. And hopefully, you know, Mick Cronin can root that out a little bit with, you know, more of his recruits and his again, I feel like a broken record, but his culture setting in and his system setting in, but it's just it's gonna take time, um and I guess yeah, it is but you know, at the same time it's very frustrating to watch that.
0: And they these these Like these student athletes, these young men have to understand just because they have UCLA in their chest does not make them more talented or harder, you know, better player than these Washington State players who have this underdog mentality. Like once you're in a court, you're in a jersey, but you're in the same league. So play them as if they are literally the best team that, you know, you've played all season and don't let up.
1: that's part of why I, I loved, and Mick Cronin got some criticism for this, but when he stripped the, the letters off of their uniforms during practice and made them earn that back, like, I love that idea.
0: I love it too. And, and I, I looked at that, I was like, I hope that's a story, you know, we looked at, you know, in hindsight. Like, that that's just a sign of him, you know, instituting a culture and him not taking any crap. Uh, right and and just the expectations he holds for the university even like what was the quote that he said when he he name dropped uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and he was just like
1: he said that he, you know while he's not in the locker room it, anymore he doesn't deserve to watch such bad basketball at home or something like that
0: yeah and that was I mean that's pretty much verbatim uh, uh, Zed's paraphrasing but that just speaks to again while he figures it out his first year and we continue to emphasize that uh well Zed does me i i've i've been a little bit more reactionary, especially after fullerton uh but um it is yeah like Mick Cronin understands he wants it you know it's not it's it's not a thing, and he's very open and honest i think that's the thing not to compare him to any other coaches, but it just him himself he continues to be a coach he is still someone we want to win bad. Like, I watch how passionate he is about this and how much he wants to win. And it's not... It's it's just such... It's so refreshing compared to watching, you know, our last coach, who just seemed to just be riding the coattails and preferred to go golfing, you know. It seemed like his night job. Like, it, And that, like, when he's doing these t- things and he's taking these actions, it just speaks to... It, I don't know, it still strengthened the the faith of like he's gonna get it right he's gonna do whatever it takes to do that, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I I I agree with that. It's it's you know, you kinda have to put everything into a bigger picture and bigger perspective. Um, look at it as, from a macro point of view and, and you know, these while while it's frustrating to see them lose in these blips, um on the radar this year of, of these bad games. I think overall and long-term, this will be good for the program. Um, it, we just we just have to be patient. I, I will say I will panic a lot more if we're still doing and losing games like this next year and not playing up to our potential. Um, that's, that's when I think we can kind of sit back and look at, at it and, and start questioning this a lot more. But, you know, first season um it's still very hard to to make sure they, they you know are, are buying into everything and playing the way that you know Mick expects them to so it's it's going to be a um, challenge but i think in the, the long term it'll be it'll be okay
0: I mean, if you think about it, we we're what a a three point a corner three from Mick, achieving, a a feat that Alfred never achieved in the six years at UCLA, uh, which was a road sweep, and so, I I was pretty sh- you know happy with that and shocked. I mean, again, beating Washington first put that, gave us some momentum, but it it gives me hope as we go on a, other road trips. Uh, Maybe the Utah Colorado. I don't know. We have some tough road trips. This was probably one of our easier ones, but, um, yeah, it is. It it does give me yeah. hope in that yep. regard.
1: Yeah, it's you know there's there's that you know positive takeaway. We we did get a split, so that's good. Um, and then you know you sort of touched on this earlier. Um, you know, Chris Smith seems to be putting it together, and I think for the long term success of this team that's a that's a very positive sign um he's had two back-to-back good games against you know on the road against Pac-12 opponents and so if he can continue to build off of this that's that's gonna be very very good for this team and then also Jake Kyman kind of emerging as a legit shooter you know he didn't have seven threes last game but he shot 50 percent from three again um and hit some big shots. And so, you know, having the luxury of a pure three-point shooter now, I think, is going to go a long way as well. Um, and I think...
0: And you see the team's confidence in knowing that they have another weapon. I mean, he was hitting some very even clutch shots. Even the ones that that went out that he missed uh, late in the fourth, or late in the second half, I, I thought, I was like, that just you can see he has that shooter's mentality like he does he he didn't that was just that was a rarity in the sense of I can imagine how he shoots in practice but it is nice to see that Kyman is confident enough he seems like no matter the moment well we haven't gotten to March yet but uh in his career but for this he was willing to just gun if he needed to there so was, that was refreshing. there
1: was a particular three I remember kind of late in the second half where he he had a pretty good look and he it looked like he hit it and it just rimmed out and it just you know and he kept shooting after that but you know I do he, it was just like damn if he had just hit that we might have won that game but you know it was a i think he's just he's shooting well um and yeah he definitely has that shooter's mentality so he just needs to um keep shooting really and as long as he keeps getting minutes he will you know be successful, and again he's a true freshman, so he's only gonna get better,
0: yeah, and I find it highly ironic that Alfred's last two recruits that end up sticking uh with their commitments are starting to become bright spots of the future of this team, right, and looking like they can be contributors you know on a on an eight to nine man roster, even as Mick brings in you know more talent,
1: yeah, definitely,
0: uh, and brings in his guys. So, it, it is refreshing to see that. Uh, those are, seem like three to four... Well, those seem like solid four-year guys we're going to have around. Uh, Hakuez Haque, and uh, Kaiman.
1: Right. Agreed. So, you know, now we're on to, to rivalry week. Um, next Saturday, it's uh, we play USC at Poly. Um, you know, they're an Andy Enfield coach team. So, they have a bunch of talent, but not necessarily... Coaching, So we'll see how we, we kind of bounce back after this loss on the road to in going into a rivalry game. Um, there's nothing more I hate in this world than losing to USC in basketball. Like, losing to Southern Cal in basketball is just the absolute worst thing ever.
0: Yeah, it shouldn't happen. Should
1: not happen. It's,
0: it should be death taxes and beating uh, USC in basketball. It's just
1: like the natural law of the universe just feels like it breaks apart
0: yeah it's like mercury's in retrograde when se <laughs> wins
1: right so yeah i i'm excited for this game i'm gonna go it's my first game back in poly since you know the, the few of the pre pac 12 games that i i got out to so i'm hope hopefully there'll be a big crowd. Um you know, this is one game. This in Arizona really should always be big games that, you know, we pack poly for. And so I hope I hope the fans show up. Um and yeah, we'll we'll see how we respond to this this um this USC team this Saturday.
0: Yeah, and USC's playing tonight. Um by the time you hear this recording the game's probably already happened, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how they measure up to Washington and a common opponent. Again, different circumstance, but uh, given that they're it, what is the second second game for them on the road, right? So, it's it's going to be a little bit different for them. But it'll be interesting to see. I'm I'm curious to see how Okong, Okongwu, um plays against you know the big men of Washington because
1: I mean Stewart uh, is, a, is a man. So you know he's gonna be tough to contain for for Washington. It's just gonna, or for Southern Cal, it's just a matter of other you know Washington players stepping up and and you know making some shots for them. But you know they're they're definitely hopefully wipe the floor with with Southern Cal.
0: Yeah, and Washington's favorite. So hopefully they they cover spread, but even. Twice as much. Yep. Spreads uh, minus five right now.
1: So. so yeah, we'll see. Go dogs. Go dogs. Um, kind of flipping to the other side of the coin. Um, the women's basketball team is just rolling. Yeah. We're off to our I best mean, start just... in program history now. Thirteen and zero.
0: Yeah, and I we have. Thing is, after we beat Georgia on the road, that was like, okay, now we're cooking and we're on to something special. But even, and then Indiana to follow. Like, Georgia was just a sign, but beating Indiana. In Bloomington. And in Bloomington, uh, dominating USC, and then playing, you know, a tough matchup. Like, pulling, showing the grit against the moxie, the grit, all those buzzwords against uh, ASU. I mean this team, Dupreece, is just she's she's a star. Like and I mean I, I can Michaela, Michaela is like just has been a solid like pillar for the games that I have been able to catch. But uh yeah, it's exciting. This team's on a record. What is it, thirteen and now Right now, yeah. For um and Corey's building something. It's great I I, I think uh it's great that I think Mick and, you know, he's starting off and there's a solid uh culture on the other side, you know, in the other locker room. It's um, for him to work work off. It's
1: interesting to watch this team now and to kind of look back at Corey Close's career here cuz I do remember um when she be, was named head coach there was a lot of criticism the first couple of years cuz they were up and down years. Um you know, they weren't winning as much. They were, you know, they lost a lot of games. They just were looking a little unstable, but you know, it took her a few years to get the, the, the program kind of back into a good balance. And now we've seen like, you know, the last several years, they're always a tournament team. They make deep runs last year, what they got to the elite eight, I want to say. um, and you know this year, hopefully, we're we're gonna go even further than that. And so this program is just on, you know, getting on into that, you know, that kind of uh, area where they're just gonna be a top ten. Hopefully, you know, in the next few years, always top five team. It seems like they're they've built up to that that standing. Um, and it's, it's interesting to kind of juxtapose that to Mick Cronin right now where you see, you know, that the program seems to be reeling a little bit, um, you know. But I do hopefully Mick Cronin can also kind of replicate what Corey Close has built and in a few years be into that kind of elite echelon of men's basketball as the women's team is getting to right now.
0: Yeah, and... I- And again, UCLA, I think one of the biggest reasons it hasn't really moved up in the rankings again is just understanding that. Not only the fact that, you know, there's not much parity in women's basketball, of the fact that there's like these five top teams, five power programs that routinely, you know, they have like this 10 year run. And so those usually don't, you know, drop a ranking or whatnot. And that's just the voters don't see those teams, even if they lose a match, you know, falling much right. and they're not going to leap, have the, have the other programs leap them um, until the big games. But with that said, like being a top five team in the Pac-12, which is the best, you know, conference in women's college basketball, it it is impressive given the competition. And we haven't, we just started Pac-12 play, but uh, those other teams, those other th- th- three teams in front of UCLA they, I'm sure they're taking notice, and they're not going to be – I mean, they haven't before, but it is one of those things where they even more so than last year and the two years before are going to be like UCLA is not only, you know, as maybe not not as talented as us just yet, but they can still win on any given night, and that's how it feels with this team. Um, so conference play coming up. I know we have Arizona today, um, which is also ranked, and they're a top-20 team. But um, it's gonna be, today should be another parameter to see how this team plays up a uh, place to you know pretty quality competition in a very strong conference.
1: yep, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they they do against I think Arizona's ranked like eighteen um yeah, against another good ranked opponent, but you know we've already seen them go up against Indiana, who was ranked twelve, I believe at the time in bloomington and and take them down pretty comfortably um so you know it's this is a this is a battle tested team at this point and so i i i feel confident they'll be able to to pull off a a victory here but you know never know that's why the games are played but you know this team's rolling they have a lot of talent they're coached well they're playing with confidence and they're fun to watch and so you know hopefully they keep carrying the, the standard of ucla basketball for the time being um, keep winning. And they've
0: already checked off a mark for the season, which was beat USC. Right. And they just need to do it one more yep. time.
1: Yep. So, you know, we're, we're rooting for them, and we're, we're going to keep on watching this team, and hopefully we go real deep in March. Um, what else we got? We got women's gymnastics.
0: Other women's just kicked off yesterday. yesterday um, um, down in Anaheim. Yep. they came into in second place in second place against oklahoma against Oklahoma. they started out a, a bit rough from but picked it up and finished strong um again it, this was like i mean this this meet this invitational, or, or what was it a challenge yeah what was it it's called? like
1: the collegiate challenge or something
0: the collegiate challenge included it was number one oklahoma uh, number nine Stanford, and then twenty second Cal. Um, I don't have the numbers and rankings in front of me, but number that's number four I UCLA, and and number four UCLA with us. But that, like, in terms of being in a room, that is a very talented room. So on the, for Waller's, you know, debut, like, it's a pretty solid debut. It was it was the lowest score that the teams had since it's opener in two thousand eighteen. But again, like that. It's a good sign. I mean, Kyla is gonna do. She, Kyla she things, was. She won the was,
1: overall individual last night. Even.
0: Yeah, so she's gonna be amazing. But it's. You know, I'm. I'm excited to see the other stars that pop out this year, um, and and see how this team does. I'm sure. I I expect them, especially under Waller. They're gonna have those season lulls, um, uh, that necessarily they may have not had under uh, Miss Valerie, but. Uh, I'm excited for this team. And maybe the, maybe they take off, like, you know, other coaches and other programs that have been successful, other sports programs, they had the assistant come up, and they just taken the keys and even done better things, which we don't expect because Miss Valerie's Miss Valerie, but, you know, keeping the tradition going. Yeah, and Waller's... But last night was a very strong start. Right,
1: Chris Waller's been a part of this program for a very long time, so he, we're, in a sense, it's just continuing that the the you know miss val legacy in, in a way and so there is some sort of continuity there so it's not like we hired outside you know someone's coming in and bringing in you know their own kind of style i'm sure he's he's going to be different than miss val but i he's learned from her and knows you know kind of her style of coaching and so you know it like you said, it's a, it's a strong showing in your first meet, you know, against, you know, number one Oklahoma is number one Oklahoma. They beat us last year in the final two. They've sort of become a thorn in our side for gymnastics the last, you know, several years, but, um, you know. I'm
0: unless And, and there's also injuries to, to Nora and Madison, so that's to take right. into consideration yeah, exactly. in terms of what they could do. So. I think this
1: team's just going to get stronger as it goes on during the season.
0: Yeah, and let me correct myself. So number nine I said was Stanford is actually Cal, and number twenty two is Stanford, which I which I said was Cal, but it's so flip them. Um, I didn't know Cal was ranked higher than Stanford, so that's
1: interesting. Yeah, so then you know that's off to pretty pretty strong start, and you know if you haven't been to a gymnastics meet, I probably have said this before, but you should definitely go go to one in Poly. They're a ton of fun. Um. What else we got going on?
0: Um, we haven't spoken since the signing day, which uh, we seem to sign millions of linebackers, which is good. would have been great the the year before. Uh, but, you know, it's, it happened this year. Uh, and signing day, being with college football, obviously, our one very mysterious, very dire um sports program which seems to not can't get out of his way um a few things with that it's always interesting the conversation that happens around the rose bowl that's been going on for for so long of uh every time the rose bowls play we're just like why are we in this game why doesn't our games fill up like this it's just it's not gonna happen until you know we get right in terms of the program like I just always look at it as the teams that are able to play in the Rose Bowl are ones who took football seriously. and not to say that we haven't but you know our first attempt of that you know following Moras um Maura's exit is that you know we picked up a guy who who seems to be taking the long road here and we don't you know know if he can dig himself out of the big hole he's in uh, but with that it it was nice to see um, the Rose Bowl uh, the conversation continuing again. But, uh, yeah, it would be nice w- once we get there. But I don't I, know. I see I it every year. And I'm just like, it's just
1: not. I don't even watch the Rose Bowl. I didn't watch the game. I just, I can't do it. I just sit there and get angry about why I, I have that conversation with myself in my head and then just get mad about it. Well,
0: let me specify. So I think the reason is that, and again, the situations are different, is that Oregon's story, I, I think it's good for like UCLA, because they're watching it, right? Our athletes to see that Oregon was 4-8, uh, you know, in, in Mark Helfrich's Hel- Rich, Hel- uh, last year, right? And then uh, the next year they have Willie Taggart, and they go 7-5 and five before their bowl game. And then last year, I think they went eight and four with Crystal Ball, and and so I mean again, different programs, Crystal Ball, different academics, you know, admissions, all this stuff. But in the sense of like a turnaround can happen, like Crystal Ball obviously recruits like you know more I used to, but even at a different level because he actually recruited the trenches, and you saw um, how you know that turned out this season of having one of the best O lines in the country, but. With that said, the turnaround can happen during your four years, right? And so our freshmen or, you know, possibly our fifth-year seniors that we may have that – I mean, who are now freshmen and sophomores, like, it's attainable if, you you know, our coaches are there. Like, don't give up in terms of just being like, we're never going to make that game. And not to say that our players are thinking that, but it was nice to see that story and not just to see, you know, some – some mainstay uh, maybe even you know Pac-12 team that's won it you know a few years but to see the one that's been four and eight four years ago and now is um or what are they are they I think they went 11 and 11 and 2 11 and maybe 12 and 2 I think 12 and 2 yeah because they won the Pac-12 championship anyways so that's what I meant in terms of that I was looking at the team and I was like, I'm glad Oregon won. I know we have this kind of like weird relationship with Oregon. Um, I rooted, I don't know if you guys remember my rooting interest guy that eventually stopped because we were just eliminated from everything. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> oh, especially oh, after man. the Utah loss. Yeah, after Utah loss, it was uh, pretty much de facto, it was just was eliminated. But,. Um, Oregon, I, we wanted them to win because we don't recruit their same type of athletes, right? Wish we did, right? We wanted Washington to lose, and Washington kind of had they had they finished strong, but in the North, it it does kind of help to see Oregon win as much as the, as obnoxious as their program can be, uh, and it takes away recruits from USC, which was always, always a, good a good thing.
1: thing. Um, yeah, so, so. that's those are all good points, and you know hopefully. Hopefully those, those ideas resonate with our current team and with, you know, some of these incoming recruits, um, in terms of kind of the recruits that we do have coming in, you mentioned we have like 35 linebackers, which is great. We address that need and, you know, we find it, it, we signed, you know, what's going to be, you know, top 30, top 25 ish class when we're kind of all said and done with it, um, My biggest issue with it is just a very imbalanced class. Like We addressed the linebacker need, over-addressed it, but then we did not address the O-line need, which was a big mistake in my opinion, and so that sort of um, left a little bit of a bitter taste in my mouth. Um, But it does answer some of the kind of, you know, Chip Kelly doesn't recruit questions because we did seem to go out and get a lot of talent. It just, you know, we wish we'd spread the talent out a little bit across other positions that we needed. It's kind of how I I look at the class.
0: Yeah, and we, I mean, we could still maybe add Jack Yari and a few other talented guys there, but they're, they're still not old linemen at the end of the day, the ones that we still have a chance with. And even... It just it it's still the frustration seeps through when you see, like guys like I my our staff making last minute pitches to guys they should have been recruiting two years ago, and you can't just walk in. That's the thing with the hubris and like just the attitude of our coaches, that you know Chip Kelly thinks he can go ahead. He has to wait till admissions admits. Like he, I don't know. He's just handcuffing himself. It's so frustrating. In the sense of Jalen Berger should have been someone we were recruiting long while ago. Immediately after Bijan, you know, moved on from us, um, and wasn't talking to us. And even and because maybe in that conversation Jalen would have been cleared with emissions, right? And it sounded like he had some genuine interest in the West Coast. Maybe he was always going to Wisconsin, right? Because Wisconsin turns out running back out, has become a. Yeah, they've become a factory. But at the end of the day, we don't even have that conversation 'cause we put we hurt ourselves, we shoot ourselves in the foot, and we still join the race too late. And um that that continued to happen with local guys and national guys that had genuine interest of coming to play football on the West Coast and who didn't necessarily care about um playing for the top, top, top programs to get into the NFL. It was like, I wanna get a four year, a great academic institution and, um, you know, I don't need to be on um, primetime games every week. that will come if we win, you know. And and so I, I think there were those talented guys in the country who able to clear. And we went after them too late, right? It's just, it's, again, joining the room too late. And even with the local guys, CJ Stroud... I mean, Bryce, it's going to be so hard watching Bama and seeing Bryce with Bama because at the end of the day, we know he had genuine interest in coming to UCLA. It wasn't he was a UCLA legacy and he was like, I'm always going to do something different from my parents. It was I want to play for UCLA. And both coaching um, regimes had turned him away because of his size, which is insane in the college football game, you know? and only joined in after he transferred from Cathedral and he showed that he can play in the Trinity League and you know
1: and
0: and lead teams to to championships or into big games. The guy is a stud. He should have never gotten away. I I know USC has become has dominated the recruiting waves for not so positive news, but that's UCLA very much is missing on an opportunity. Um, to take advantage of it, and this is not the first time it's happened, but this is probably the worst time for it to happen um especially with u s c having their fifty six ranked class and it's only jumped up about twenty spots because of the recruit you know commitment of gary bryant but it's it, it, we're missing on a golden opportunity here of just stockpiling talent uh, of guys that could be winning just because Chip Kelly really dug himself in the hole here, and it. I don't. We again. We're gonna be going into next season with our predictions, which will, we'll go over next year. But the recruiting, it it just feels like a bunch of catch up. It's the the linebacker situation. We got some great solid guys. Sellers is gonna be you know impact guy first year. Um, But these were the type of guys we should have been recruiting last year, and then like you just mentioned the O line. We missed on guys, and it just seemed like we didn't even go like chase after any others. We missed out on the transfer to went to uh, Auburn, uh, Killian, the J- big German, and it just feels like next year we're gonna probably recruit a bunch of O lineman. Like it's just I don't I don't understand it. But other than that, recruiting. Um, I, I I still I have an inkling again that, you know, staff there may be staff changes, but at the same time I'm very 50-50. I'm, I don't know how you feel on it, but as Nero needs to go, we're yep, going to be saying that. Uh, even if it costs like us losing Chip Kelly at this point, like he needs to go. I'm not I I'm I'm so resigned from the fact that I have to watch bad football uh next year in a very prime opportunity to win um big games before our schedule gets tough again um, the following years so yeah and, this and is
1: there I, there are some I mean grad transfers that we could possibly go after as well so there's that opportunity we can get some alignment in that way um, you know that and it, it seems like people are really resigned to the fact that they will do that but I don't I don't know if they will
0: and we should never rely on that every year right so it it that shouldn't become a norm for us. Like it it that should be reinforcement um, for the young guys that we come in and you know have with the program for one or two years before they're on O no line. They shouldn't be starting every year. Like we're not gonna pick up a Sean Ryan every year. Right. Like those kids do not. They 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 come rarely.
1: Yeah. I um, I agree. So. so.
0: Uh, This is, I want to say another thing in the pros, like in the big picture of Chip Kelly uh, error. The biggest thing of him not only digging this hole is that I'm looking at the schedule now, um, is that everybody, there was even a bro article, you know, we usually don't mention bro in here, not for any reason, but just sensitivity of, uh, you know, of them being the media they are with the subscription base, but... There was a bro program that an article that came out last year that said like 2019 may be a big year for UCLA to win, right? And I, I know Tracy wrote, and and I think that pointed to the fact that like the schedule again wasn't as easy as we thought with San Diego State being okay, but we really botched an opportunity to get this team going and momentum, right? And what I to that it was the the prospect was that we're supposed to have one down year, and then we're again we're gonna win at least make it to a bowl this year, right. and and That's then next wanted. year was when the the next year we're gonna be competing for the Pac twelve championship you know, and and we're not even close to that if and and so what I mean by that is that next year we have Wazoo and Oregon State right as. As our two uh two north games right and our out of conference is is much easier It's still I mean Hawaii and San Diego State aren't complete layups but it's gonna be better than playing Oklahoma and Cincinnati, right and then we have a gimme with New Mexico State but this was supposed to be a schedule we we capitalize and use as momentum for recruiting and build the, you know the team that he needs or that the vision that he has right because the next year we play LSU. And we have Washington and Oregon, which are becoming Bohemians in the in the north. Like it's just it's thrown off the whole pat like path of Chip Kelly. And I, I, I will say this on record. I just and I I hope I'm wrong. I'm saying this because I'm bracing myself for what's to come. But I just don't next year, even if if it goes to a point that we win even eight, seven or eight games. I don't know how much confidence I have that this experiment's going to work out where we look back and we say, wow, he really did turn it around, and he, at least he got us one of these big games. I don't I, I don't have confidence. Right, seven or eight games today. on
1: next, next year's schedule could sort of be fool's gold, right? Like, we have a soft schedule. We should be able to win that many games with even the talent we have. It might not be indicative of actually, you know, turning the program around. I do think that... It will depend on how we win those games. If we, you know, are winning big and really dominating teams, maybe it's a little bit more of a sign of turnaround and then see how recruiting is responding to that. Um, But, you know, I'm I'm with you. It is a little bit... It's discouraging at this point. There's not a whole lot of signs, you know. Recruiting did better, but, you know, again, not great or not, you know, didn't address what we needed it to. And then, you know, there's just... uh, we all seem sort of resigned to the fact that we're just we're so jaded now that it doesn't matter how we do next year unless we like really really come out and you know beating teams by like three plus touchdowns and things like that, that that we will
0: it's it's it'll be like we need like you said we need style points if if the team's gonna if we have any type of faith and like just something that like we're like all right They've got something figured out that no one can no one else can can touch. So, right, and if is on the sideline, line I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening at all. So
1: So uh, Yeah. Well that let's not think about the not to end stuff.
0: on that note. <laughs> yeah. I think we should. Happy New Year! Uh, well, I guess <laughs> Happy New Year. Um, I was like, should we start with football or end with it? But I, I don't, if we start with football, you might have not made it all the way to this point, yeah. So, um, but to that point, I'll just it, it is UCLA's doing fine. We need to catch up to Stanford. It's not, I mean, it's a silly competition, but our sports. Uh, exciting times! Baseball was ranked.
1: Yep, baseball starting up. What are they ranked twelve. Yeah, I believe so. In the next this sometime this month, I don't remember the exact date. Uh, we start yeah. off against UC Riverside, in, like an exhibition game. But yeah, we have a lot of talent on that team. Uh, Garrett Mitchell, you know, comes back. He's probably you know he's looking to be a pretty pretty high draft pick in the MLB after this year. Um, but you know he's. He's gonna hopefully you know improves off of pretty pretty good last year. Um, you know we have a lot of good pitching still. You know, that's kind of the hallmark of a John Savage team is you know excellent pitching and excellent defense. And it looks like this team is gonna continue to do that. So I'm excited again to gonna be back at Jackie Robinson this year and see you know how we do and hopefully we can make a deeper run in the, into the tournament and into the College World Series this year. Um, Yeah, I mean, other than that, I think we're ready to sort of wrap it up. Cool. Well, you know, follow us on Twitter, check us out on Facebook, Um, you know, if you tweet us or retweet us, we appreciate it. Uh, we try to respond back to you guys. We like to be interactive with everyone. Um, so, but
0: or if you D- DM us about our uh, all-decade team yeah.
1: choices. <laughs> please, please continue to DM us do about that. our all-decade teams. We are really enjoying it. It's like now I understand what why trolls do what they do. <laughs> and it wasn't even us trying to troll anyone. It just kind of, you know. I I will say I want to make one comment about the all-decade teams. Um, The fact that, you know, people are so mad about it just shows how low we've been in the last, like, 10 years is, you know, especially for basketball. People are like, what have these guys accomplished? Well, it's like, really? You know, they're all good players. Yeah, like, like they they wouldn't accomplish much. They are. Right. And it just shows. No,
0: I mean, Chris Wilkes was, like, a pretty highly regarded recruit coming out, you know? And I, I I would say this I, I should have put Kyle Anderson as small forward I had him as another Jordan. guard and so that was my, and I would have put Jordan as a, as a shooting guard if I so I would I would switch it where I have Kyle as a sh- small forward and then uh, Jordan Adams I think Jordan Adams just did more as a Bruin than you know Shabazz did in one year yeah. yeah like
1: it's the, I would put Shabazz we, on the bench Jordan over would be Wolf, the, though but that's just me.
0: Yeah, and I, I, but the thing is, that was another thing. Like wilkes was just at the crux of like us hating Alfred. So, like, I, he was a solid player. Yeah, I. He was a black. I hole. I'd only that put him there because I couldn't. I, I couldn't think of another small forward. So that's my apology and lack of research. But I don't care. It's my team. <laughs> that was that was it. Wasn't Zed? We we, it was, we disagreed a little bit yeah. on it,
1: but you know, right direction and. <laughs> It, it it creates a conversation so whatever yeah haters gonna hate either way you could've put anybody on there and you would've been like someone would've been like why is Chris Wilkes not on here that's just Twitter I should've put Prince oh, Ali just Jesus, for fun. I would've
0: grown up Bruin Source would've been done I would done. Have quit
1: <laughs> would've quit
0: quit our uh, our free time uh, that we spent on all this seriously All right,
1: (laughs) well, you know, Happy New Year to all Bruins fans, Um, and, you know, hopefully this year brings a lot of joy to us in terms of UCLA winning a lot of games and all of our sports.
0: Yeah, and with that said, go Go Bruins. Bruins.